You're watching a special live broadcast of Truth versus Hype. We are still digesting the spectacular collapse of the 2G corruption case. How did a case that seemed like a slam dunk fall apart? At the core of it is the CBI charge that A. Raja, as telecom minister under the UPA, bent the rules to favour select telecom companies in exchange for which he received kickbacks. The CBI claimed to have sufficient evidence of both, of the distortion of the rules and the policy and also of the bribery. But in his over 1,500-page order, Justice O.P. Saini has shredded both arguments to bits. Now, much has been made and written and reported about the court's deeply critical views of the CBI's attempts to prove malfeasance in the policy-making. To summarise, the CBI's charge was that A. Raja conspired to issue licences to Swan Telecom and Unitech by changing the cut-off date. The first-come, first-served policy was distorted to help these companies. Raja was personally familiar with the owners of these companies before becoming Telecom Minister. The court has rejected, as we know, all of this, saying that the decision was well considered by the Department of Telecom functionaries and not of him alone. No evidence that the ministry was consciously ensuring that one event would lead to another and that there was no documentary evidence available that suggested that he actually knew these people and uh, that the court was not willing to go by the overall testimonies of the witnesses. It went on to say a lot of other strong things about how they began with enthusiasm, the prosecution, but totally deteriorated, became directionless, different and so on. But I want to focus tonight on the corruption charge on which the entire case pivots. The core charge is that in exchange for the telecom license to Swan Telecom, Swan's parent company, DB Realty, transferred 200 crores into the account of Kalenjar TV, the TV company set up by the DMK chief M. Karunanidhi's family. The chain went something like this, that on 17 December 2008, Swan sold shares to Etisalat for about 3,000 crores. Within the next six days, it started transferring 200 crores to Kalenjar through a maze of companies, first to something called Kusegao Fruits and Vegetables, then to Sineyug Films Private Limited, and finally to Kalenjar in exchange for which it picked up about 32 to 35% stock in this company. By 2nd of February 2011, a major chunk of the money was returned. The CBI says this after they approached A. Raja for questioning. They claim that all of this was a sham transaction and this was the kickback. Now, moving on though. A reading of the order finds that the CBI and its lawyers shockingly produced no evidence to back these claims. Most damningly, the judge says, 25 witnesses from these companies appeared in court to defend these transactions, but the court says the CBI didn't challenge them sufficiently. The judge says, not even a single witness deposed that the transaction was a bribe. Not a single witness said it was a sham. Nor did the prosecution suggest, even to a single witness, that it was, in fact, a bribe. The court actually goes company by company to detail how the prosecution failed to confront witnesses each step of the way. It says, when witness after witness deposed that the transfer from Dynamics Realty to Kusegao was a loan, the prosecution took no steps to discredit witnesses by putting relevant questions. The same from Kusegao to Sineyo. Prosecution didn't challenge the witness either by re-examination or by cross-examination no question was put aimed at impeaching his version. And from Sineyog to Kalinjar, 
prosecution didn't put any question to officials challenging their version. No question was put that the entire documentation was created ex post to rationalize the payment. As proof, the judge says that the CBI pointed to a number of loopholes in these companies' record keeping, like DB Realty and Kosegao didn't sign a formal agreement that Kosegao is a shell company, that the share agreement was executed by them after the FIR was filed, the original share agreement wasn't available, no securities were given for this loan of 200 crores. But the judge says that can't be basis for criminality. He says if the witnesses were questioned and they had trotted out specious explanations, things might have been different. But the common fact, he says, is that private business in India is not known for immaculate paperwork. Defective paperwork will not make a business transaction criminal. To show the transaction was criminal, appropriate suggestions ought to have been given to the witnesses. The judge even names how specific CBI officials probing the case made no attempt to back their claims. He says the deputy SP of the CBI SK Sena deposed that the transactions were sham and dubious but didn't cite any reasons for this. He says the chief investigating officer Vivek Priyadarshi didn't depose anything, not even a word about the money transfer. And in what seems a startling detail, the judge notes that the only one question was put to A. Raja. The CBI asked him the transaction of 200 crores was nothing but quid pro quo and Raja said it's incorrect. The judge says it's a matter of great importance that Raja took the huge risk in appearing in his own defence. He'd given a good opportunity to be grilled, but only two general suggestions were put to him. The nil cross-examination of A. Raja, the judge says, indicates it had no worthwhile evidence against him. The special public prosecutor, the judge says, pressed upon him that this was a case of high political corruption. But the judge said, I've endeavoured hard to persuade myself to take an expansive view of the case, but in view of nil evidence on record, I find myself unimpressed and unmoved. The high-profile nature of a case can't be used as a ground for holding people guilty. All right, joining me tonight on the debate, we have with us key players. We have Balvinder Singh, former Special Director CBI, joining us here in the studio. We have Amarinder Sharan, Senior Advocate, Supreme Court, who I believe has uh, also appeared for members of the Karunanidhi family, if I'm correct. Aman Lekhi, senior advocate also of the Supreme Court with us, and Mohammad Ali Khan, spokesperson of the Congress. Balvinder Singh Ji, if I could start with you, what I read out was just a handful of instances where the court has come down very hard on the CBI and its lawyers, instance after instance. What do you think is going on? I think let's divide the issue in two parts, hmm. investigative stage and prosecution stage. Right. My own experience is getting evidence of quid pro quo is extremely difficult in most of the cases of bribe. Right. Because nobody is going to give a receipt for bribe. Hmm. One has to sift through and this trend of passing money through companies and layers of company sure. has picked up in the last one decade or so. No doubt about we that. Have, I was only curious about uh, the fact that the judges repeatedly no, talked about the conduct of the CBI officials uh, as witnesses themselves. Uh, let me put it in perspective. I am trying to point out that getting evidence of quid pro quo hmm. very diligently is an achievement of the CBI right. at the investigative stage. Right. I'll come down to the prosecution stage. Huh. Finding the layers of companies, these three right. companies which are involved, one of which happens to be as per media reports, 
a company which is not transacting any business. Right. It's a shell company. No, no, that's right. Now, we, we pointed the that very out. Now circumstance the of a shell company being used to layer a transaction should also be taken into consideration by any. No, but the but point that the, the, the point say, that the court was making is that yes, all that evidence was there, but you didn't grill when the witnesses I, I, came. I understand what you're saying. Didn't grill them to say, listen, are these documents forged? Are these genuine? Are they not? That didn't happen. I, I think. Uh, can I just? Uh, can I? Yeah, I'll come back to you. Can I just okay. bring in Aman Lekhi here? That Aman Lekhi, when you see this order, do you think that the judge has genuinely found? severe breaches in which the evidence was presented and are you just as all of us are startled with the way that the CBI and its lawyers conduct in court have been indicted? Absolutely, if what the judge is saying is correct, it's an appalling state of affairs. It shows a horrendous lack of capacity in the prosecutor in putting questions. Cross-examination is a very important aspect of trial because it is through cross-examination that to discredit uh, the case. Now, in, in this particular instance, as you very rightly pointed out, uh, something very unusual happened where the accused appeared as defense witnesses. This was an ideal opportunity, therefore, for the prosecution to actually use yeah, to uh, prove its case beyond doubt. And if elementary issues such as questions as to the authenticity and something as basic as whether there was a bribe is not put, then uh, I don't attribute it to sheer lack of capacity because this is something which is so elementary that even a novice will actually put. Hmm. Uh, it uh, makes us wonder then? as to what was the real intent behind uh, the. Beg your pardon. I said, what? What if you're? Uh, what, what do you think could be behind this? Because as you're saying, this seems to be very elementary legal procedure. Yes, so, uh, so that's what, uh, this is what makes me wonder what actually was going on because if something as uh, basic as this is not put, hmm. when the case is of misconduct, uh, the Prevention of Corruption Act is squarely an issue and bribe is absolutely in, uh, uh, imperative to be proved if the case has to actually stand, uh, the prosecutor chooses to bypass this particular matter and chooses to ignore putting this question. I don't attribute it only to want of capacity because... Uh, no matter how deficient the capacity may be, mm. this is something so obvious that even those with limited capacity would naturally put. Right. So this is something which requires serious consideration. That right. is one aspect of it. And in any case, insofar as the court is concerned, this is also a case in which uh, the court uh, has been rather liberal in giving the benefit of the doubt, which criminal courts don't normally give, which is uh, in many okay. ways uh, 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 a good uh, uh, development. Okay, but I Amrinda, wonder whether the same uh, liberality will follow in all criminal cases. Right. Amrinda Sharan, I want to ask you that do you think that uh, there was, as uh, Mr. Balvinder Singh was saying, that there was this evidence of a potential kickback there rooted through layers of companies, but it's just that in, in almost in a way, those who were accused, including your clients, got lucky because it appears that the prosecution just simply did not press its case convincingly enough. So far, my client is concerned. I was really surprised that CBI filed the charge sheet itself. As you see, the Kanimui was director of the company only for two weeks, hmm. from 6th June to 20th June. Hmm. There was nothing against her. Hmm. She had signed her Form 32, resigned from the uh, directorship. She was merely a shareholder. She had absolutely no connection with this case. She was uh, unnecessarily made uh, charge sheeted in this case. And these are the things which make the case weak. 
but not the fact that instead of concentrating but not the not the transaction itself i mean the transaction between a company that has received benefits on the basis of a policy that may not have been followed in letter and spirit then remits money i mean this is a company that essentially is into the realty business into the telecom business and then suddenly but, it's it's investing in a dmk channel a dmk tv network no no but the there was no connection between kanimudi and this channel she had resigned uh, in uh, june 2000 she had resigned in on 20th of june right. all this happened uh, much after that so uh, there was no connection between her and the company okay let me ask you let me ask and you mohammad ali khan that okay the congress to the to the congress's sort of jubilation that mm-hmm. now we've been vindicated the bjp is saying listen we are going in appeal mm-hmm. and just look at the facts of the case that mm-hmm. the government itself the upa government itself at that time was raising red flags writing letter after letter to a raja saying listen mm-hmm. something is going wrong with the way you are implementing policy right um first of all i want to rebut what mr lekhi said mr lekhi is a lawyer of high standing and great repute and i have the highest regard for him but i disagree with him completely because this On is what a, point i'll tell you this is a criminal case the burden of proof required is extraordinary in other words as he himself said beyond reasonable doubt the judgment you were quoting from is the e uh, the ed versus a raja judgment which is confined to the pmla the prevention of money laundering no no, no i correct you this no. is actually the main the judgment. judgment this is the, the cbi, CBI judgment. judgment not no, the but, but i'll tell you in the ed versus a raja judgment they actually talk about the money trail at length and there they say it is very hard to determine if this was indeed the consequence of a crime which we have discussed in the main judgment as right. you've seen right now here it's something very important we must remember here Russell. yes it is this op sani enjoys one of the finest reputations of any judges in this country mm, mm. two he was appointed by the supreme court in february of 2012 by its order which these people love to show around right. three the prosecutors both mr yu lalit and mr anand grover were appointed by the supreme court the the upa government had no role to play there mm. and finally this month on month this entire investigation was monitored with reports being submitted in sealed envelopes okay, to then, the supreme court right, so i just conclude this yes. i just conclude this point now this brings us to a very strange case right either these people went lax or there was no scam neither of the scenarios is flattering to them can i just uh, try to understand from uh, this from you mr balwinder saying that you know there could have been a case made that listen because this was uh, an investigation into the government of the day that there was some kind of pressure or whatever on the officers to go slow uh, but then the government changed and you had almost two and a half three years of another government in place where certainly that argument then couldn't have been made so that's why this entire conduct of the cbi its officers its lawyers in court has turned out to be according to the judge's description so baffling sinvasan i think uh, one thing which probably is difficult to say because public perception is that cbi is highly influenced by the ruling party mm. i have worked in cbi for 13 years right from the level of superintendent of police to special director right i can tell you very very honestly mm. i have not come across a single case of somebody pressurizing me okay you so think that you, you may be an exception that, uh, which party was in power should not matter and it has not mattered for us then why again the the mystery of why is it that the court is repeatedly saying look you had the chance the cbi's lawyers had the chance there was a raja himself offering himself there were all these witnesses and yet they were just getting 
a free pass. If I can just come back to you, Aman Lekhi, on this point, that the political pressure conspiracy falls, doesn't it? Because there was a change of government. Yeah. So then, then what? No. No, insofar as political pressure is concerned, in an ideal scenario, there cannot and should not be any political pressure. But what is very pertinent here is a point which is usually missed. This is not a case in which the court has found that the dates were not changed or the first come first serve policy was not implemented or money was not paid. Hmm. This is a case in which what the court has found is that insofar as the changes took place, the changes were with the approval, knowledge hmm. of the highest in the government. And what the court has actually found is that hmm. uh, there was complete coordination between the telecom ministry and the prime minister's office. Right. And the court has also found that the finance ministry also raised no objection to the fact that insofar as the uh, entry fee is concerned, there should be no auction. Right. So, if uh, the issue of change of dates, so first come, first serve policy or bribe was yeah. a scam, all that the court has found is that the scam cannot be laid at the feet of Raja alone mm. because Raja did not do anything which the government did not approve. Mm. So, insofar as the scam is concerned, the scam in fact becomes larger still insofar as the judgment is concerned because oh, the unstated major premise which of this judgment is that everyone in the government was actually involved in this entire exercise. Okay, so this is something which requires, uh, uh, this, that, which does require that, consideration. I, okay, I that's a very Rasu, interesting interpretation Rasu, of the yeah. order. I know Mohammed Ali Khan it, wants to jump in. It's not an interesting interpretation. It is a tortured interpretation. You're bending the judgment to suit your purpose. Let me quote the judgment to revive your memory, sir. The judge says the prosecution began with great vigor and enthusiasm and somewhere along the way, especially in the last couple of years, it lost that. It And the, <laughs> your officers were refusing to sign the judgment. So yeah. if the chain you of events was as inescapable... If the chain of events tied together so beautifully as you're explaining it and led to the inescapable conclusion that it was only a scam, then, sir, why did the judge arrive at his conclusion? Sir, in the okay, words of Justice O.P. Jaini, you sought to create scams by artfully arranging no. facts. Let Aman Lekhi respond. Let Aman Lekhi respond. May I answer? Yes, go ahead. Uh, the court, was, insofar as the court is concerned, this is scam, scam is a very loose word. Courts, criminal courts don't deal with scams or absence of it. Courts deal with facts. In so far as the scam is concerned, it's a word which deals with the collection of facts, that is the change of the dates, the working of the policy, the paying mm. of the bribe. Mm. And in so far as each of these issues so are concerned, each of which is part of the scam, of the the don't don't found that Raja alone is not responsible. And, and yes, complete, complete, Mr. Lee. Can I continue? Yes. What the court has found is... Yeah, what, what the court has found is the Raja alone is not responsible because the court specifically says that the Prime Minister was not, the fulcrum of the allegation was that the Prime Minister was misled. The court specifically says the Prime Minister was not misled. Hmm. The court also says that insofar as the dealing of the file is concerned, evidence was not led and there is nothing to show that there was any misrepresentation made. The okay. court also refers to the external affairs minister and the court deals with the finance minister. So okay. what the court is actually saying is that you cannot possibly say that Raja did something which was inappropriate because the government actually endorsed the decision administratively and Can politically. Okay, Amrinder, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll come back to you. Amrinder Sharan, are you concerned, are you concerned that now there is, the there is going to be an appeal in the Supreme Court and the prosecution may, after this very strong, uh, you know, uh, telling off by the, the trial court, do a better job of presenting the evidence, which, as uh, you know, as the BJP says, as Aman Lekhi says, is strong. It's just that you know maybe they don't do a good enough job of presenting it. The appeal has already uh, appeal will be filed in the High Court, not in the Supreme Court. Okay. Yeah. Number one. All right. Number two, the correct. facts have already been collected. The evidence with 
the orders came late, you may not be aware. So the evidence has already been collected and it will be only on this evidence that appeal will lie. Right. I do not think or based on this evidence, the CBI yeah. has any chance of success in uh, the high court, especially against uh, my client Kanimuri, because there is no uh, proof at all. Hmm. I was really surprised that she was charge sheeted. Hmm. I have prosecuted a large number of uh, cases myself on behalf of CBI and other prosecuting yeah. agencies. Right. I would not have charge sheeted her. Because she was a director only for two weeks. Hmm. Hmm. And okay. she was only a shareholder. You don't punish a shareholder for uh, whatever wrong a company may do. Right. Okay. Well, it's, it's, we're out of time. Yeah. We are going to track the story. But uh, it's absolutely fascinating, confusing, and also still mysterious about what exactly went down in that court during all those weeks of trial. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. That's it on Truth vs. Hype. Thanks for watching. Good night.